2: the MMA fan podcast ladies and gentlemen
0: i give you blake
2: hello
3: and welcome to the MMA fan podcast UFC 262 post fight show good morning blake harrison good morning mate how's it going right. yeah i'm really good man how are you not bad, not bad. It's 20 past 10 on Sunday morning. What time did you get up and watch the scraps?
2: Uh, six. I got up at six and watched the scraps. My son came, or it was just before six, because my son came in before the alarm went off. Uh, and I left him in bed, although he came downstairs with me. So I was constantly putting like, stuff on the iPad for him while I was <laughs> watching the fights, <laughs> being a terrible parent. Um, so yeah, so it was a bit of that going on. Um, but yeah, what a bunch of fights.
3: I mean, we'll get on to that. I think what we should get on to is, um, well,
2: well, big news, right? Big, oh, big. Well, the biggest news in the podcast world this week, isn't it? I mean, absolutely. No, no obviously, I'm not talking about Prince Harry going on Dak Shepard. I'm talking about the MMA fan podcast finally getting a sponsor. <laughs> hey. Come on, guys. <laughs> ole, ole. Oh, we're making it rain over here. Woohoo. <laughs> no, but we're genuinely very excited about it because we've got Free Train on board, and mm. Free Train are great. Mm. Uh, they do these fantastic uh, running vests, which I already have one as well, and they are genuinely. Brilliant. And that's uh, not
3: the sales pitch, is it? You did actually have one before no, yeah, they I've sponsored already got, the podcast. Yeah, I, I, yeah.
2: Already, I already had one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I go running in it all the time. So your phone sits in the front little, like, pouch. So, because beforehand, either you've got your phone smashing around in your pocket as you're running, mm. or I've had one of those arm things before. They you don't work, those, man. They they're they're don't work. They're not that good. Because you, you're, you're kind of like, oh, I want to, like change over and listen to Stu and blake on the mma fan podcast and i can't nice. or i want to fast forward what Stu's saying and just get to what blake's saying That's and so uh, nice. you know i can't, can't <laughs> i can't quite twist my arm enough to get this you know to get the function right or the, the fast forward or whatever uh, whereas this it just sits in a little pouch at the front you can open it up access to all the screen no problems couple of little zip pockets up the top as well where you can stick your keys or whatever absolutely Thanks. perfect yeah if you, you know, if, if if you want to smoke and run at the same time sure uh, um but yeah you know so i think genuinely i'm really pleased to have him on board because i genuinely like the product i don't have to sit here and go oh yeah it's this thing that you know oh, all right yeah i genuinely think it's a really good product and yeah
3: and you can get one um by heading over to the website uh, freetrain.com and when you're over there, when you pop it in the basket and you're about to check out, if you use the discount code MMA fan, you save yourself ten percent. Hey, boom! Don't say we don't spoil you.
2: Yeah, now everyone can make it rain with the <laughs> MMA fan podcast and free train. Yeah,
3: you can't see just how much Blake's dancing right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh uh,
0: dear.
2: Right. Well. Let's, shall we get on to UFC 262? I mean, who do you give the fight bonus to? Ah, uh, well... I, have I, they? Have they announced they it? They have. They have oh, announced right. fight bonus. There was someone who I think was on the Fight Pass uh, prelims, which I never watched. I watched I the know, prelims. I watched I didn't watch Fight Pass. I think he was on the Fight Pass prelims, and one of them got them, so I'm apologised. I don't know the name of that guy. Um, but Burgos Barbosa was fight of the night, and rightfully so. And may I add, on the pre-fight show, I called that, absolutely called that, and uh, then... <laughs> you look so angry with me when I say it! <laughs>
3: so smug. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just thought I'd drop it in there.
2: Yeah, and then Charles Oliveira. Charles Charles yeah. Oliveira, and I mean... Whoa, that was something else as well, mate. wasn't it? Um, so yeah, people that missed out on the fight bonuses, I thought Andrea Lee had a fantastic performance against uh, Antonina Shevchenko. Massive and mate. what, an, oh, we'll touch on it, but what an awful moment with, with Jacare and Muniz. Oh. But I mean, I'd mean, i I'd almost not want to give one to Muniz, which they haven't because of yeah. the way that fight went. But, but I well, mean, you could say he deserved it. You could say he deserved the fight bonus.
3: Yep. Yep, I mean, oh, oh, well, let's, let's, let's start at the bottom of the, uh, the prelims. Uh, yeah. Well, a big way to kick things off. Uh, Jordan, right oh. fucking hell. Yeah, He is a problem.
2: <laughs> he is a problem. And it's that dangerous thing that you, you see. I, I don't know if it was Johnny Walker that used it recently as well. That When someone's taking you down against the fence, I mean, everyone does it those little elbows to the side or whatever. Yeah. But some people can just seem to get ridiculous power on it. Mm. And from that point on, Pickett seemed to be struggling on wobbly legs and then, right, just finished him. And I, I think before that fight, was it before that fight, the Andrea Lee Antonina Shevchenko mm. was on. And that was, I mean, she dominated her, didn't she? On the ground, yeah. that, that second round. I mean, that was all that talk about her being on wobbly legs. Cause she's had that triangle, Cinched in for like three minutes or whatever it was. And then she just turn it into the arm bar. And that, that yeah. looked like it was going a High very difficult. Yeah. Bit. Very bad angle. So, I mean, great performance from Andrea Lee. She looks strong as mm-hmm. well. Uh, great performance from Jordan, Wright, Um, and then we add, uh, England's own, uh, Mike Grundy taking on Lando Venata. Uh, unfortunately it didn't go, uh, Grundy's way. It was a really weird fight to score though. I don't know yeah. about you. But, yeah, I completely agree. Like, I, I didn't think uh
3: Granny done anything wrong. I think he put in a, a, a decent performance, but yeah, I, I, I think for me, that fight just didn't have the fireworks that were already going off. Do you know what I mean? The, 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 yeah. the fights previous to that was like, whoa! And then, yeah. you know, this was just a normal fight. <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you the, the whole event was already on a very, very high pedestal, I think, and Yeah, that one for me, it didn't really pull me in.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, look, I I, I was quite into it. I thought Venata looked really good on the feet. Uh, Takedown defense was really good. Grundy was kept going. I thought it was weird. And I think it was reflected in the judges scoring as well, because it was obviously a split decision win for Venata. It was 29-28 on one card, but then it was 30-27 to Grundy on one card and 30-27 to Venata on one card. And that I mean that just shows how weird a fight it was, because I think Venata outstruck Grundy mm. constantly, but the more impactful strikes were Grundy's He really yeah. snapped his head back a few times yeah. with the right hand, so it is difficult to know how to to judge that i think, and i I, I know you know if anyone 's got any uh, if you're ever unsure about the, the judging criteria, and I find I think I need to relook at it, or maybe we should get this guy on the show at some point soon. But Sean Sheehan, uh, you can find him on on, on Twitter. He um, he put up a fantastic video on YouTube a while back of the judging criteria, and it, it is when when you know about it, it can make things easier, and it can make you get sometimes frustrated at the narratives in the commentary. But also, it can make things even more confusing for you at times mm. because you're watching it going. Well, that was more impactful, but he's only hit him twice this round, and the other guys hit him so. It's 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 difficult to to judge, and that was reflected in in the way the judges scored the fight. I think, but hard luck for Grundy. We obviously want to see the British fighters do well, uh, and then Jackroy. Oh, mate, yeah. And the the the, the interesting thing, I, I mean, in a way, it, as this got a bit of commentators' curse about it because they started off and they were like, "Oh, yeah." Muniz said earlier in the week that he's got the grappling advantage over a legend like Jacare. That is a, a wild statement to make. And how dare you say that you can outgrapple grapple Jacare. And then poor old Jacare's like, stop putting the jinx on me, boys. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh, Muniz goes and, and breaks Jacare's arm. And I mean, what an absolute warrior Jacare is. I mean, he didn't look like he flinched. No. He didn't tap. The ref stopped it because the arm was broken. Yeah. He didn't tap. He just kind of sat up and was all right. It seemed, it was
3: bizarre. Because the, the, the ref kind of held his arm, didn't he? Uh, you know, uh, as he sat up and then he just got up straight away and, and was just then sort of kind of embraced. And it was like, wow, like that. I, I mean, I've never broke my arm, but I don't think I'd be embracing anyone if I I'd, I'd just had my arm. Snapped. I mean, I missed it first time when it happened. I was like, Oh, did something pop thing? Because everyone was like, All the commentary was like, Whoa! Then when you watched it back and you just see it just whoop, pop, it's like, yeah. No one needs to see that.
2: And uh, you heard it as well. Did yeah. you hear it? Yeah, because well, I remember they were talking about like hearing it. I was like, oh, Okay, hang on a minute. And I did, I just kept watching every replay, even though yeah. like it is gross to watch. It wasn't as yeah. bad as. Wideman. I mean Jesus Christ, I couldn't watch Wideman again. That was just horrific. But uh but the the Jacare one, you really did you heard that snap? Yeah. You heard you just heard a quite a loud snap as well. Yeah. Or it, even just thinking about it now it makes me go a bit funny. I don't like it. But um but yeah, I mean, he's he's a problem for people, and it was a weird one. The way he kind of got on his back, he was a bit too high, and you thought, oh, Jacare could kind of like shake him off the way that they do. They build that kind of tripod base yeah. or, or of whatever, and uh, and shake him off. And he just seemed to roll into a position where Jacare's arm was at a really bad position and and snapped. So, and Jacare's not young, forty one years old. Is that yeah? Is that going to be an easy thing to come back from? What's his, what's his future like in the UFC as well? Because the UFC have been cutting a lot of their older stars that are on big money that aren't yeah. quite performing up to scratch. We see it with, um, you know, like the the Fabricio dooms and uh, uh, who else have we had recently? Um, I think Tyron Woodley might be gone now as well. And um, yeah, there's been a few big cuts, like Junior Dos Santos as well. And there was a few a while back, a few big cuts uh from the UFC where they were getting rid of their their kind of stars that were stars and are now just names with huge paychecks to pay off um so yeah you wonder if Jacare's time with the UFC might be done especially if he's got to do a long recovery at the age of 41 with a broken arm so fingers crossed it's not too bad it can come back all right but yeah what a win for for Muniz and he's he's looking at a top 15 guy in that middleweight division now definitely definitely um
3: I mean, should we, should we get on to the next fight? Because, yes, you did, you did call it. it fight <laughs> the night
2: and- I did call it, but one bit I was confused about because I've, I've clearly not been keeping up with the news enough is I was expecting Hermanson Shabazian, and I've clearly not been keeping up with the news enough, but that's been pushed back a week because someone in Hermanson's camp got COVID. Not Hermanson. Hermanson's not tested positive for COVID, but someone in Hermanson's camp got COVID, so that fight earlier this week was pushed to next week, week's card, the Garbrandt-Font, uh, Rob yeah. Font-Garbrandt fight. Uh, so, I mean, that card's got a lot better now. They've got Garbrandt-Font yeah. as a main event, and then hermanson Shabazzian afterwards. So, um, so yeah, so shame that we didn't get it last night. I was, I'm, I was looking forward to that fight, but I'm looking forward mm. to it you know next week as well. But I was half expecting that fight to happen, and then it didn't, and I had to look up what, what went on. But, um, but yeah, let's push on to the main card. Well, what a way to start it!
3: Yeah, it, ridiculous. Um, I love watching. Well, everyone loves watching Barbosa just because he's an absolute beast and he can fly, he can really throw some flamboyant stuff. But it was just right from the off, just that Muay Thai style against the boxer, and it was just yeah. them leg kicks. It was just like. Oh, my life. Like, they were just relentless. And oh. Burgos, is tough, man. Yeah. Like, because he wasn't grimacing at all when any of them kicks landed. He started to kind of try and check him and lift his leg a little bit more. Yeah. But when you fight like Burgos, it's like you're on that front foot. You're boxing. And, yeah, and if someone's just got that front foot planted in front of Someone like Barbosa is going to get an absolute cane in that that leg. Yeah. That said, Burgos did start throwing some calf kicks himself as well, which I thought were pretty decent. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, it's funny because I did call that this would be fight of the night, but what I didn't call was Third the, mention so yeah. far, not bad, <laughs> no, considering we've been going 13 minutes. I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised that you didn't mention that I picked Burgos to win this fight. I, yep. So I got that completely wrong because I thought Burgos... And you could see why I, th- I think the fight showed elements of what I thought was going to happen in terms of like Burgos was pushing forward. Eating the shots and just coming on to Barbosa, and Barbosa for quite a lot of it was having to backpedal and move away because Burgos but was just striking brilliantly. Though, yes, that that was thing. I don't think I anticipated, particularly with the hands. I didn't think Barbosa's hands would be able to counter Burgos as well so as they did. Fast, his hands. Yes,
3: yeah. he threw yeah. one combination of three, maybe four shots, and I think. Rogan or DC was just like oh, oh my god it was just lightning hands and yeah, yeah i i thought that was one of the best barbosas we've seen
2: yeah he looked fantastic and then um you know and he still got a patented will kick in as well towards the end yeah. of the first round that it was blocked but you could see it still rocked him because the shot after that really kind of rattled burgos even though he didn't go down from what i remember he uh, he was really really rattled um but and checking i think i was
3: with your forearm that's still gonna hurt. Like that's being hit with a bat. Yeah, <laughs> it really oh, absolutely. is being hit with a bat. And you know, I guess when people do sort of see fighters check kicks and 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 get their hand up and, and you know and, and block a kick, that's still getting whacked by you know an absolute killer. Like you know on your arm and yeah. It, it... God, I just, I just, I, in the end, I felt a bit sorry for Burgos because he was, he was kind of sort of not showbutting, but he was kind of acknowledging and smiling a little bit back at Barbosa. And I just think Edson just went to work and it was just an incredible performance. And the finish, I mean, I'd never seen anything like
2: that. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, it, they mentioned it on the, on the, Broadcast, even though I think it's even less of a delay, you get those liver shots where mm. you see someone take it, and then it's a second later before their body starts to crumble and they wince and they're like, "Oh no, my body's shutting down. I've been hitting the liver." I've not seen it where someone's been hit to the head and stood, but he stood there for eight, it was more than a second. It weren't He'd even a second. Like it was it two or three seconds. Two or three, and it was so strange to see Barbosa hit him then stay back for 2 or 3 seconds trying to pick the next shot and then all of a sudden burgos just just started falling and just tumbling backwards his legs just went it was uh, it was incredibly bizarre i'd never seen anything like it and in a way i found it quite quite concerning uh, absolutely i, I, I absolutely. you know something like that you kind of go well what's happened to his brain there for Definitely. it to shut shut down in in or shut his legs and body down in the in the manner that it did because after the fight he seemed to be like I don't get it how how would it happen? I wasn't yeah. sure and it was almost like he was caught, sort of semi conscious whilst he was going down and mm. I don't know but but I I found that a really worrying knockout yeah because when he he first got got struck and I'm all
3: right that there was a, a left and then did he catch him on the I don't think it was behind the ear it was on the jaw wasn't it um,
2: I think the, the right the... hand from what I saw caught him on like. The, the head, like maybe like just behind the temple. Right. Okay. That's, that's how I remember. I mean, look, we've both only seen it once and we've come straight yeah. away and there's been a lot of action since that fight as well. Yeah. Um But from what I remember, the right hand caught him kind of around the kind of just behind the temple, top of the head yeah. type, type thing. And but there was no yeah. wobble
3: and his eyes were still fixed on Barboza. Yeah. And then as he stumbled back, when he's kind of plonked down on his ass, his eyes went then and and then like like you said, I was just like, stop this because this this is weird. I've never seen anything like this. That's such a delayed response to a, a, a head strike. Yeah. Like you know, the, the ref needs to get in there asap and 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 stop this. You know, I've yeah. not. He took heard a couple of strikes anything. while he was
2: down as well. I mean, it was such them. a weird knockout that yeah. like you can't necessarily blame the ref for that because it yeah. it was so strange. the refs only got a second to process what
3: what we was all watching as well. And it it made no sense. So you you can understand why, you know, we've seen fighters kind of do the wobbly legs thing, lean back on the cage and, and, you know, dupe fighters to come running in and then just spark them. Uh, You know, so that that is sometimes used as well. But yeah, that that was just a bizarre ending, um, but an incredible fight. Incredible
2: fight. Yeah, absolutely deserved fighter tonight. I'm glad that, that Burgos despite losing cuz he did still put on a half decent performance. He was there. He's absolutely. a game fighter. He's, he's he's one of those fighters that I go, I will watch you fight anyone. If you're ever mm. on the prelims or whatever, I'm tuning in early mm. for it. You know, that he's a game fighter that is always coming forward. Um, And I'm glad to see that he got 75K because that's the other thing. Tony Ferguson in the pre-fight press conference says to Dana, the last time we were in Houston, you made the bonuses 75K. So will you do that again? And Dana did. Yeah. (laughs) Good on Tony Ferguson getting uh, other people a good uh, extra 25K on their bonuses. So Shane Burgos, extra 75K after, you know, getting knocked out. But he's one of those ones where after seeing that, I want to see Burgos maybe take some time. Like maybe just kind of uh, take at least maybe six months off because that was weird, and I'd, I'd hope that he's getting a few tests done to yeah, just I'm make sure, sure that everything is okay. Because the last thing we need is him going back into a fight in three months' time and something you know really unpleasant happening because of that because that that was that was quite scary. I, I didn't mm. didn't enjoy that at all. But in terms of Barbosa. Um, he looked fantastic. He's, featherweight suiting him. Featherweight is suiting him. I mean, he's got that loss to Dan Ige that I thought he won, and he said in the post-fight interview, you know, 3-0 at Featherweight. Technically, he isn't, mm. but I can see why he would think that way, doing the old Sean O'Malley, kind of, I'll mm. make my own stats thing. Um, but Arnold Allen was calling out Barbosa a while back. Mm. Now, I think Arnold, after the win streak he's on, deserves someone Further in front of him. He deserves like a as beat or a year you mm-hmm. know, in effectively a number one contender fight. But he called out Barbosa before. Alan is still maybe not getting the love that he deserves, particularly outside of the UK, I'd say. Yep. So maybe a big name like Barbosa, especially if Barbosa coming off that win, if Alan thinks it's a good matchup for him, then maybe that's a good fight to take because you beat Barbosa after that win surely you're only one away. And he's just, I mean, I, th- I think he should be one away anyway. I, if I had my way, Arnold Allen would be fighting a Yair or a Zabit and then yeah. going for the belt after that. But it's a tricky one featherweight. We've got Ortega uh, Volca- uh, Volkanovsky coming up for the belt after the tough series. We don't know when that's going to be booked for. Holloway's rightfully waiting in the wings after that performance against Calvin Cater. So there might have to be a few fights because this stuff might take time to, to sort itself out. Um, outside of Max Holloway, it might be another year before anyone else is getting a title shot. Yeah. Um, so maybe a Barbosa fight is a good fight. I don't know. I know he's, he's called for it in the past and it didn't work out. So now, big name. That, that mm. could be a good shout for, for Arnold Allen maybe and that'll be a really interesting fight and I think Barbosa would like that fight as well. Definitely. Um, moving on, we had uh, your your mate, Chuga <laughs> Do you know what, right?
3: Prick. Like, I was literally, <laughs> when they were doing the, the, uh, the commentary, I was just saying it back as they were saying it and I just thought, right, I'm going to boss it post-fight. I still can't say it.
2: chukagian
3: chukagian
2: oh there you go mate we did it chukagian oh but yeah i mean that was an interesting fight i have heard some people say that they thought arugio won that fight um because they maybe thought that she won rounds one or two i personally think that that Chukagian won that fight. I I didn't really have a problem with it. I thought that she outstruck her. I thought there was maybe a moment on the ground where things looked dicey for her, but she dealt with it well. It was fine. It, it, It... it was never really cinched in. There was that moment where they thought she tapped, and I did. I remember watching it live. Did and going, you? What? As it happened, you thought she as tapped? As it happened, yeah. Because also there was that whole situation with Fabrizio Verdum. I can't remember who he fought in PFL most recently, but Verdum faced a guy who mm. genuinely did tap, and then uh, the ref missed it, and the guy ended up knocking Verdum out later in that yeah. round, uh, even though he had previously tapped. So that fight's been turned to a no contest as far as I'm aware. Uh, and I was like, oh, God, did, did Chukagian just tap? Because she did do a little motion, but I think what she was trying to do was locate her other hand. Find
3: her hand, definitely. To, to
2: get the – so, yeah, so that was a good call. That didn't look like a, a dodge tap, but live I was like, oh, hang on, was it? And then because they just moved straight on, I was like, oh, no, it can't be. The people would have yeah. picked that up. Uh, but then they mentioned it later on. But, no, I thought that um, that Chukagian did really well, Was 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 – She's not the most exciting fighter in the world, but she was out striking. She was doing enough. I thought she she performed pretty well and, and deserved to win that fight. Um, I don't. She's in a tough spot next though, in terms of um, who who does she take on? Because yep. she got beat by Valentina. She was beat by Jessica Andrade. I know. I, I I wonder if if Andrade is maybe going to drop down to one fifteen now. But there's a lot of people in that division that Chukagian's already beaten, like Jojo, and I think Lauren Murphy as well. But uh, maybe the loser of Lauren Murphy, JoJo fights Chukagian. That person will try and get one back on Chukagian. Chukagian just needs to keep racking up wins to deserve going back against Valentina after already getting beat by Alexa Grasso's in the mix as well. It is a tough place to be. So, you know, she's beaten most people other than the champion. And then there was Jessica Andrade, which was, you know, one of those ones where she got a big shot to the body and, and it, it all went wrong for her. Mm. But she has beaten a lot of the top people in that division already. So, yeah, I think she's just going to have... Uh, and it's difficult for the UFC because you've got someone like Alexa Grasso coming in who is like maybe one or two away from fighting Valentina. But if you put her against Chukagian, you're like, well, do we want her to face Chukagian? Because if she wins, then you've ruined a match for Valentina. Yeah. You, you've got to try and... Chukagian someone that I think all the best prospects, they might want to try and avoid Chukagian to get to the belt. Yeah. But but what do you do? Like, it's, it's a real trigger run. I feel sorry for Chukagian. I don't know what she's going to do next, but I think possibly the loser of Lauren Murphy, Jojo Calderwood, is a good shout just to keep her going. But she has beat both those girls before, yeah. I think. So that is a tough one. But yeah, also what I didn't enjoy was the booing. That's the one thing of the crowds coming back. It happened mm. in the Chanel-Bonterin fight as well. The crowd's booing. You just don't need it. Why, why are you booing?
3: You, you're back in a venue. You're back in a venue watching a UFC. Like, you should be having the best time. You yeah. should not be booing anything. Like, it's grim, man. And, like, I mean, there was more booze, obviously, uh, as, as the card went on as well at the end. And just...
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.
3: It's just stupid, man. I just don't get it.
2: It's, it's, like... d- it's just stupid. Even if you don't like, like by all means. I, I mean, I'm not a fan of booing in general. I think it's pretty dumb. But if you've got a situation where you're like, like we'll move on to the Ferguson-Dariush fight, but obviously Ferguson came into that, the big fan favorite. Everyone was cheering yeah. for him. Dariush got boos. If you want to boo the guy as they're announcing him to show, we're not supporting you, we're supporting the other guy, then, you know, whatever. If you want to do that, go for it, fine. But to boo during the fight or to boo after the fight, come on. It's just disrespectful and it's just not. Mm. It's not on. You're not going to get in there and do it you you know, these people are putting everything on the line. We've seen broken leg the other week, broken arm this week, a, a knockout that was scary in Burgos where he, he just kind of collapsed after taking the shot three, and collapsed three seconds later. These people are doing a lot for your entertainment. 100%. Just show some fucking respect. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not down with the booing there, but there was more booing in the uh, Schnell Bontarin fight. What did you think of that?
3: I've got to be honest. I mean, I weren't sitting on my sofa booing, but um,
2: it didn't do a lot for me. No. Well, it was a weird one. I mean, Bontarin came in as a last-minute replacement for Alex Perez, which would have been a a far more kind of... Yeah. uh, A fight that if Chanel maybe won, he's looking at maybe going in for a title shot next or something like that, maybe. uh, And also, because it was a last-minute replacement, they had to do it at catchweight. And even at a catchweight, Bontarin missed the weight. Yeah. So it was tricky. I thought Bontarin looked. Oh, I didn't good. know
3: that. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think Bontarin looked looked good. Uh, but again, it wasn't like it wasn't the most exciting. I thought it was fine. The booze were still so annoying though. But it was one of those ones where when people are uh, last minute replacements and then they can't fight the right way, and rightfully so, you can't force someone on a last notice replacement to make that weight. You know, catch weight, you know, that's what should be done for everyone's health and safety. The weight cutting needs to be taken seriously. But it does, as a fan, make me go, huh? You know, how much does this, is this a real kind of, uh, what's the word? How, how valid is this in terms of the scope of the division? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, next up, Bontarin I think, was out for a while as well. I mean, Tim Elliott's out there as potentially a good fight for him or... um uh, or, or, or for Matt Schnell. Uh, also, Alex Perez fell out of that fight. I can't remember what the reason. It might have been COVID-related. I'm not sure. Um, but Perez fell out of that fight. Maybe Bonterin slides into where Schnell was and fights sure. Alex Perez next. Who's Tim
3: Elliott got? He's got a fight
2: lined up, I'm sure. Does he? Is. He might yeah. do. I don't know. I don't know. But mm. if he wins, maybe there's still that there. I don't know. Um, Come on. Sh- let's get on to the <laughs> big one. <laughs> Come on. Going, Fast forward, yeah. All right. Dariush, Tony Ferguson,
3: co-main event. Just quickly, did we make calls on who was going to win this? Yeah, on we did. On the pre-fight show. We did, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. yeah. oh, right, yeah. Just, I,
2: yeah. Just, just, just double checking. Why? Did you have Darius? I can't even remember. Yeah, boy. Yeah. I, I mean, I had Dariush as well. So it's not, you know, you're not rubbing anything in. Just let me have my moment. I you know just, just so you know I had Chukagian to win as well if we playing that game. I would have, but um, I just couldn't say it.
3: Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Chukagin, who? I think she's fighting, mate. Um, uh, yeah, no, Dariush Ferguson. I mean, I mean, just from the off, it was great, wasn't it? I mean, Dariush, knowing the crowd was going to boo him, I think, because of what happened at the press conference, coming well, out the, singing his song. Let's talk about song.
3: the press conference.
2: Let's let's talk about Go on. that, right? Um,
3: Tony Ferguson, <sighs> right? He must have a lot of money. He must be doing well. You know, he's uh, you know, he's yeah. elite level. And I'm sure there must be all sorts of people wanting to throw stuff at him to wear. Why does he consistently wear the worst sunglasses ever? <laughs> They're so bad. It just annoys me. And I don't want to start raining any more shit on Tony because he's had a rough night. But oh, every time he comes out, and I just think... When Connor comes out and gobs off and gives it all, he always looks immaculate and looks super cool. Tony literally had a pair of three quarter length shorts that looked like they come from Sports Direct and a kind of and them sunglasses with day glow arms. What is that about?
2: All right, all right. Here's a serious question for you then: if you, <laughs> if you for one day, all day, and had to go about like with mates and see people and think, had to dress as Tony Ferguson in that press conference or in Colby Covington's <laughs> camouflage suit, what would you go in? <laughs> Ferguson all day. Long,
0: <laughs>
3: no love for oh, the camouflage suit. No man. My mates would be like, "What's with the sunglasses, dude?" If I rocked up in that camouflage suit, they'd be like, mate, you look a fucking melt. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like straight away. I mean,
2: you say that. You're wearing a camouflage T-shirt right now. I, 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 can I didn't see- think you could see it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can um, see it, mate.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, things got a little bit heated, didn't <sighs> it, when, when Tony kind of called out um, uh, Darius about helping – uh, Gaichi, uh, yeah, trying, yeah, which, uh, calling him mentally seemed, weak, yeah, and you know, probably not the best week to be saying things like that. Uh, but yeah, I just think, I don't know, I, I just, I thought that it, it like Darius was going to be too much for Tony, and I mean, I also, I mean, if we if we start with round one, like Darius just bossed him, and and I was just thinking. Is he going to gas here because he come out blazing didn't he
2: Yes he did he came out very quick very aggressive um and he yeah he just he just he clearly had a game plan and I think after watching what oliveira did 100%. to ferguson I think he thought it's so weird isn't now. it how quickly how quickly things change in MMA I mean cuz I said in the pre-fight show, (laughs) that Tony Ferguson unfortunately might be going the way of a a Tyron Woodley. And it's really, really sad to see, but I really think he is. And he's been... I mean, age. Age is a big factor. He's like 37 or 38 now, Tony Ferguson. Woodley's up there in age as well. But it's so quick how you go from, like, you look at Tyron Woodley, who in his own words, and I think rightfully so, laid out the blueprint for fighting specialists like Damian Meyer, Wonderboy Thompson. He knocked out Robbie Lawler in round one when Robbie Lawler was king of the world uh, with all these amazing fights uh, under his belt. Um, He sparked Darren Till when Darren Till was getting the big push. Um, And then he comes up against Usman, five rounds he lost by. He wasn't there mentally, he said. Then he comes up. Who was it after that? Was it uh, uh, Gilbert Burns? Oh, Burns, Gil- Gilbert yeah, Burns absolutely destroyed him. Colby Covington destroyed him. And then we saw him fight a better fight against Luke. But then still got got knocked out. And that's it. Four yeah. fight losing streak, mate. You're you're done. You're done as a contender. Not saying you're done as a mixed martial artist, but you're definitely done as a, an elite level contender. And I think we're looking at that with Tony Ferguson. It is a travesty that that man went on a twelve fight win streak and did not. Win the proper title. I mean, or at they least tried to make that it. happen. Didn't I they? know, I know they tried. I know there was tripping over because he was wearing his day glow sunglasses indoors that you love so much. I know there was tiramisu Tuesdays. I know there was all this stuff that was getting in the way of Tony fighting properly against Khabib for the belt. Arguably, he could have been having title shots uh, before that anyway. Ah, uh, but it's it's a real shame that he was only ever an interim champion, but. Time caught up with him. Gaethje just destroyed oh, him. And like, then yeah. s- he's not been the same since Gaethje. Oliveira, I mean, we have see how good Oliveira is as well. Oliveira dominated him and now Darius has dominated him. And yeah, I mean, Tony's also just maybe a bit too tough for his own good because, I mean, the blows he took against Gaethje, he, maybe that fight could have been stopped earlier or if had he been knocked out in round three maybe mm. he would have taken far less damage and things would have been better for him long-term. After that, Oliveira absolutely destroyed his arm. Is his arm mm. back to normal after that? I mean, he was, didn't tap, but his arm was hyperextended and all sorts of messed up. And then I'm in just... a Darius fight, the leg, the yeah. knee, that, was it a knee bar or a heel hook? I can't remember what it was, but... Something, something cracked there as well. Yeah, and you could see him wincing in pain, but he wouldn't tap. I mean, mm. credit to the toughness, but maybe... Maybe he's too tough for his own good. Just looking at his
3: record, um, you know, before the, 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 the Gaethje fight, you know, Cerrone Pettis, Kevin Lee, DeSangios, you know, Venata, Barbosa, right. Josh Thompson, um, Gleason, uh, uh, Tebow, and every single one of them is either fight of the night or performance of the night.
2: Wow. All of them. All wow. of them. Like, That's incredible.
3: That's unbelievable, isn't it? I yeah. mean, that's, that's a legit... Yeah. I mean, and, and it was one of them, you know, for me, he was one of them fighters that you just thought, someone's got to do something special to stop Tony Ferguson. And, yeah. and obviously, you know, we all wanted to see the big fight and it never happened. Um, and you just, you know, you just wonder what's happened in that time. Like you said, how much did that, you know, mauling by Gaethje take out of him and... Yeah, and then it's three on the bounce now. Where's Tony going now?
2: Uh, Well, I mean, look, there's always going to be a place for Tony as long as the UFC want to pay what I assume is quite heavy wages for him to just be fighting guys at the lower part of the top 10, maybe even the top 15, I don't know. But I don't think he's a top five fighter anymore. Um, And so do the UFC want to pay big to have him headline fight nights or just be a booster to a pay-per-view, I don't know. And if he loses the next one, that's four fights on the skid. Granted, he's losing to elite-level opposition, but it is, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, how much damage is that knee taken? I I, I just don't know. I I mean, I'd like to see him in the old welterweight Legends League that we've want to set up. Uh, I mean, there's been some great fights in there. I mean, Tony Ferguson, Nate Diaz, sign me up all day long what a fight Mm. that would be Mm. um and there's a few of those condit lawler matt brown you know any of those i'd watch any of that i think that'd be fantastic to watch but i think you've seen the blueprint to beat tony now so you can't pair him up with a very dominant wrestler which is why i i think as much as i was on the bandwagon for khabib tony tony off his back we were all wrong khabib would have mauled tony And we all have to accept that we were completely wrong. Uh, And so, yeah. uh, I mean, he's a character, really. Everyone still loves him. You saw the arena going nuts for him. I love the fact that he got that bloke to move so he could kick the post while he was warming up. Did you see that? (laughs) The bloke was like, "Uh, what's happening? (laughs) And then he moves him out of the way and he's just (laughs) kicking the post aggressively where he was stood. And the guy's trying to look calm as if this is normal. Um, but, yeah, look, he's an absolute character. If he went over to Bellator, there'd be some great fights for him. I'm sure they'd love to have him there. But, again, even at Bellator, will he do that well? I don't know. Um, it'll be tricky. It'll be tricky to know. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Tony's someone that will want to keep fighting. Whether he should is another issue. But yeah. on to happier things in terms of Benil Dariush, who, unfortunately, as again, as I said, in the pre-fight show. Hang on, he, hang on. Cool
3: I literally gotta have a piss. I'm breaking oh my, my neck for a piss. I've had two cups of coffee and I ain't had a wee yet, and I'm literally just fidgeting in my seat. I mean, what so, happens
2: here? Do I just carry on talking to the people, or are we pausing <laughs> I mean, this? I mean, that I mean, that would be weird. It,
3: no, we'll that, just have this no. bit edited out, maybe.
2: Oh, how dare you! How dare you! I can talk to the people; they'll love hearing me. Don't take your Go headphones off. How dare you! Oh my Christ! All right, well, look, I've been left here alone to talk to you. Um, I mean, do I just carry on talking? We'll probably edit this out, to be fair, but maybe it'll be fun. Our editor might enjoy listening to some of this. Um, Yeah, you know, Benil Dariush, who does he fight next? Answers on a postcard. Send them to the MMA Fan Podcast at P.O. Box MMA Fan podcast. I was about to say .com, but that makes no sense, does it? Yeah, we'll edit this out. And the question is, did you wash your hands? Of
3: course I did. I, yeah, d- I didn't dry them. I've done a little flick as I was running up the garden.
2: All right, well, I'm sure we'll that Have you just been out. slagging
3: me off for the last five minutes? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> nah, it's been fine.
2: I mean, we will, I'm sure, edit that out. But I was just rambling the whole time, so it's going to be weird. <laughs> it's going to be very weird. But anyway, on to the happy things we were about to talk about, which was Benil Dariush. Now, unfortunately, as I said in the pre-fight show, if Dariush wins, it was still a slightly kind of lose-lose situation because people will just say, oh, he's beaten a Tony Ferguson that's now kind of washed up. You know, he's not the same guy anymore. Yeah. And I think that can be said, but it's a shame for Benil because he really does deserve a bit more credit. Um, but what didn't help him on top of that is he didn't exactly ingratiate himself towards the fans because it was a slightly dull end to the fight. But like that first round was, was pretty action-packed and was interesting. Um, the knee-popping, I can't remember if that was the round two... Uh, or if that was round three, but towards the end, like for the majority of round three, they were basically, without being too crude, in the 69 position for about three minutes, and they just kind that of lay did there. get a little bit boring, didn't it, that bit? Yeah, it did, and I think the crowd was shouting, stand them up, there was a few boos, and I think if you want to impress the boss, and you want to get those big fights where you're now down shortlisted for the title shot, I think you can't have the crowd shouting that shit during your fight. And as I said last week, I wonder if he's not going to get the big fight he wants. And I wonder if he's going to end up fighting like a Gregor Gillespie or something like that, which would be a real shame for him. And maybe he'll turn that down because there are more exciting options out there. One of them, I think now potentially being Michael Chandler. I mean, Michael Chandler was, was obviously knocked out. We'll get on that. But Dariush mentioned he wants to spend time with his daughter. He doesn't really want to fight now toward, till towards the end of the year. So there's a few extra things that will line up in that time. We've got Connor Poirier, which will be a massive say in who fights Oliveira next. Gaethje is waiting in the wings. Um, Chandler is potentially there now as well, depending on how much time he's going to take off. Uh, so, yeah, so there are big fights out there potentially for Dariush, uh, the loser of Poirier-McGregor. I don't see that happening, though. Maybe if it's Poirier. Um, Gaethje, so. maybe. There's, but- there's too
3: many more exciting fights, unfortunately.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, Bernil Darius might not be in the most amazing position that he really maybe should be in on, on, on after the win streak he's had and after beating a name like Tony, Tony Ferguson. But uh, I mean, we will have to see. He called out Elon Musk. He called out Elon Musk. Great fight there, you know. <laughs> Can Elon wear, like, some kind of specialist armour? Like some kind of electronics? <laughs> like what Batman did when he fought Superman. He had, like, yeah. some kind of, like, robot armour. Elon Musk in robot armour, like, created by Tesla uh, against Benil Dariush. I'm all over that, mate.
0: Change the game on identity theft. Save up to twenty five percent your first year at lifelock.com dot com slash aware.
2: I mean, that's what will you know make make Darius's. Yeah, I was about to say make Darius's fights more exciting. Darius's fights are exciting. He has fantastic fights. It was just at the end of this one was maybe not what he was looking for with a it, big crowd and you know, yeah with the gravitas. It started of the fight.
3: big, didn't it? It started yes. so fast and and, and and aggressively, and and then I guess you know. If you're in the octagon with Tony Ferguson, you've got to do whatever you need to do to get that win because yeah. you're fighting Tony Ferguson. So, and he's still dangerous. Do, he
2: got a Dars choke at one point that he thought, "Oh, this, you know, he's still dangerous."
3: Yep. Like that, 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 it's exactly that. If you know, if you have to 69 Tony Ferguson for two minutes to get that win. <laughs> It's what you got to do, Blake. It's you what you got to do,
2: mate. You do what you got to do, man. Uh, yeah. Well, let's see what happens there. Let's move on to mm. the main event of the evening: the vacant lightweight title fight, Oliveira v. Chandler. And wow, that was amazing! What a crazy fight, mad? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, the whole fight felt so fast. It yeah. like it just it just yeah when when it finished I was just like whoa like we're in the second round it, it just felt so rapid and I thought Chandler looked really good in yeah. round one he um, did so strong you could tell that you know Oliveira you know did not want to get you know clocked by him but. He's tough Oliveira man. He had a lot of big shots that you know and I've just thought when he clearly hurt Oliveira and it went to the ground and I just kept thinking to myself, just get up, stand up and box him because you do not want to be on the floor with him. It's not a good place to be. No. You know, and as DC said, like, you know, the way that wrestlers get up isn't always ideal. When you've got a BJJ specialist there, and and obviously he did open himself up, but yeah, I just kept thinking, just stand up because this week's been quite strange. I uh, have been spending a lot of time on Fight Pass, and I've been watching oh, yeah. lots of the the embedded stuff and and trying to find out a bit more about Michael Chandler. Um, I love him. I love like, him. I love like, he, I, like him,
2: his family. I know he's got his adopted yeah. son. Is it Hap? His yeah. son who he adopted yeah. i think is about like 4 years old or something like that his wife always yeah. wanted to adopt i mean it's a beautiful family a beautiful story yeah. and and you do you do root for for chandler after after hearing him speak and and, and looking at his family life and all that kind of stuff. it seems like he's probably a really good guy um yeah i mean it, it oliveira there's no one that deserves it more than Oliveira, though, is there? Absolutely. I mean, was it an eight, eight-fight win streak now? He had his problems down at featherweight. Uh, there was questions about his mental toughness. I think probably because at featherweight, he was probably depleting his body too much and didn't mm-hmm. have the chin and didn't have the fortitude to to keep going because he di- di- dehydrated himself too much. Um, but, I mean, just to go back onto the fact that the round was nuts. It was yeah. like that first round was like, Chandler hits him with a big shot. And I thought, if I thought Oliveira would win, but I thought if Chandler's going to win, it's going to be like a knockout. He's going to hit him with that mm. big power. And Chandler caught him with that big right hand. And Oliveira shot on Chandler. And I was like, mm. what is happening? He must be really hurt for him to shoot on Chandler. But yeah. he got him down. But Chandler got him in a guillotine. And I was like, mm. oh my God, is Michael Chandler about to submit Charles Oliveira? That would have been yeah. absolutely mental. Then... I mean, uh, Chandler describes his his wrestling, I think, in previous uh, uh, interviews and stuff as anti-jiu-jitsu. Like, he thinks that his wrestling is the perfect style to fight the elite-level jiu-jitsu fighters. And Mm. for large parts of that round, I thought I had to agree with him. He was landing some ground and pound. He was able to dominate a lot of the position. He he wasn't in big danger until there was that situation where I can't remember how or why he gave his back up, but then he slammed them both to the ground. Yeah. And he was battling the hands, but but again, it was one of those ones where you like, oh, Chandler's in big trouble here. Like I thought, yeah. Oliveira's in big trouble because of that knockout blow that he almost uh, you know that he came back from. Then you thought, oh no, Chandler's in trouble because Oliveira's got his back. And Chandler exploded out of that and dealt with that incredibly well as yeah, well.
3: Yeah, that was brilliant. how he come out of that. I mean, yeah. where he slammed him on his back. I know, like that. That the DC and that was like, that looks great, but that's not cool. That yeah. that it would just get his legs in tighter. Yeah. And uh, but he, he he didn't seem panicked at all. You know, he he, he obviously no. done that back slam, and then then like you say, then he got out of it, and it was like just yeah, just exciting, exciting fight, and. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know what uh, Oliveira's corner said um, in between rounds. Obviously, I don't know if there was a a, a translator uh, putting anything back out to the mics there. But, um, yeah, just I didn't want that fight to end. I could have watched five rounds of
2: that. Oh, 100%. And I think that actually puts China in good stead because he won that first round. Oliveira came out and caught him with a beauty left hook and then was following him around the caging, then caught him with another one. Yeah. And in a way, I don't think Chandler's stock will have dropped that much. I think if Chandler does go and fights like a Benil Dariush and wins, especially if the belt changes hands, and Oliveira's not, not the champion, if a Poirier comes in and wins it, I think Chandler could be just one or two fights away from going back in for a title fight. I mean, it's quite a stacked division, so that is tough, and it depends on how he wins his fights and all that kind of stuff. But I think... Chandler Poirier is a great fight, Blake. Yeah, I mean, but there's so many great fights in that division, at the, at the top of that division now, I, I think. But but you've definitely got a, a chance of Michael Chandler fighting again for that belt. He said in the interviews he's not here for a long time, he's here for a good time. But I think that... He he he's going to be here long enough to get another crack at the belt as long as he can win his next two fights. I think he could be in there because he's very marketable. Fans like him. People will tune in for him. And that was a good fight. He won that first round. If you do Oliveira V. Chandler 10 times, that could be 5-5 after those 10 fights. Yeah. It, it, it really could go either way, I think. But Oliveira's 31. He's young. He's probably going to get better. And I think out of anyone in that lightweight division, he is the only one that could potentially, and it is a big if, potentially bring Khabib out of retirement. He's probably got to get four, you know, good title defences under his belt. He's got to beat a Poirier, a Gaethje, a McGregor, a Dariouf, whatever it is. But if he could do that, if in two or three years' time, he's laid out four or five title defences, then I think Khabib might go, Okay, this guy's proving himself to be a problem that people can't solve like I was. Let me come back and and do something, and that could be massive um, but yeah, do you think we're going to see him come back i don't know i think I think it all depends on if anyone rises up that can actually spark his interest because he's beaten everyone else. you know I don't think that connor. Or Poirier or Gaethje, any of those, Khabib can just go, yeah, but I'm better than them, and I've proved it by dominantly beating them. Whereas a new person coming through, someone he hasn't beaten, like Oliveira, who's on, what, a nine-fight win streak now, if he can then defend the belt three times or something, go on a 12-fight win streak, defend the belt, he's beaten Tony, let's say he beats Poirier, let's say he beats Gaethje, Uh, he's done Michael Chandler, then I think Khabib goes, okay, There's someone worthy of me coming back at least. Whether he does or not is another issue, but no one's worthy of Khabib coming back right now. Oliveira might be in two or three years' time if he puts together some good title defences, but he has to win and he has to do it regularly and in decent style, I think.
3: Yeah. I mean, so we've said, like, where's Gaethje fit into this? You know, we we spoke about this that he seems to be sort of floating about, really, and and in in quite a strange position in this this division. Yes. Um, could we see him later this year, maybe fight Michael Chandler?
2: Maybe that's another option, but I think it's all dependent on what happens with Poirier McGregor, because yeah. uh, the obvious thing for Charles Oliveira next is the winner of Poirier McGregor. However, the UFC is a business, and. If McGregor wins, I think McGregor is the champion is what the UFC wants. It's very money-making for them. So if McGregor wins, it's McGregor-Oliveira, no doubt in my mind. However, if Poirier wins and starts saying, hey, I want $3 million to fight Charles Oliveira at the next pay-per-view, whatever it is, and Gaethje's just waiting in the wing saying, I'd fight him for $1 million, mm. then I think the UFC might go, Okay, Gaethje, you get the shot. Because that's their business. That's what they do. They do stuff like that mm. all the time. And if Poirier, after beating McGregor twice and making all that money, in the UFC's eyes, gets a bit too big for his boots, even though he will be a pretty big star by that point after beating McGregor twice, if the UFC believes Poirier is getting too big for his boots, they might just slide Gaethje in there to fight Chandler, uh, to fight um, uh, Oliveira as a bit of a power play and mm. say to Poirier, you can wait you know and we'll see what happens there because Gaethje, i think is one of those champions that will just fight anyone he'll just he'll yeah. just go go and fight anyone um so and we yeah, want to see it because we, we will want to see
3: it so exciting Gaethje. like yeah. he's one of my favorite fighters to watch because you know initially he was mr take one to give one and you know he he just threw and it's been really nice seeing him really mature as a fighter and get Mm -hmm. more measured in, you know, in his way that he fights now. And, you know, he's a legit problem for anyone in that division. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see, uh, who he gets to fight next. But, um, yeah, I'd like to see, you know, at some point, Gaethje Chandler, some heavy hands being thrown. I think that could be, that could be a cracker.
2: Well, I, I think if, if McGregor fights Oliveira, if, uh, if Poirier and Oliveira deal gets done, if if Poirier beats McGregor, then I think we could definitely see Chandler Gaethje, and I think that could be a great fight because great Gaethje is in a difficult position, as we've discussed mm. in the past, where he's worthy of a title shot. I mean, well, we say that he is coming off a loss to Khabib, but a loss to Khabib is everyone loses to Khabib. But um, but yeah, I I think that there's not many people out there that that Gaethje should have to face before he gets a title shot so we'll have to see what happens with again it's it's the politics and the business side of things could could get in the way there massively so we'll have to see but Gaethje Chana's a great fight Gaethje Oliveira's a great fight Poirier Oliveira I think is the highest level of mixed martial arts we will get in that lightweight division for a while Poirier Oliveira is the two top guys without a shadow of a doubt going at each other that that's it so in terms of if you're a purist MMA fan, you just want to see the elite martial arts, mm. Poirier Oliveira is the fight you want to see, I think. So you'll be rooting for Poirier against McGregor. But if you like storylines, if you like the circus, if you like fun and fireworks and, you know, red panty night jokes and all that kind of stuff, then you're going to be rooting for McGregor. And if you want to see Oliveira earn a lot of money, you'll be rooting for McGregor. So, yeah.
3: Man, I am loving the UFC at the moment. By the way, Blake. Oh like, mate, literally every week now, it's just stacked. We've just ex- super exciting. I mean, obviously, we all lost our minds over you know the two six one. We've had some great events in between that, and then last night's card just brilliant. Like loads of drama, loads of incredibly odd and exciting finishes uh so much more to come man
2: absolutely yeah i mean so this uh, so in the ufc this saturday we've got rob font versus cody garbrandt fantastic fight at bantamweight loads of implications in that in terms of who might be next up for the belt i know we've got sandhagen dillashaw as the winner of that should be there but but font garbrandt the winner of that is probably looking at a title shot next or, or at least one away uh Underneath that now, because of the the COVID that happened to Hermanson's team, you've got Hermanson Shabazian as well. Also, um, this week on Friday, there's, I think, Bellator 259, Cyborg versus Smith Uh, 2. And on that card, we've got Brett the Pikey Johns making his Bellator debut. Now, it was going to be against Mateos Matos. That fight has unfortunately fallen out. I think Matos got COVID, so they've got... A uh, late notice uh, replacement in for Brett Johns. Uh, But that fight will be going ahead. Brett will be fighting. And we have a fantastic interview with Brett Johns coming up this week. Uh, It was recorded before Matos fell out of the fight. But there's loads of chat with Brett. He talks about some fascinating, interesting things uh, about going from the UFC to Bellator. The reasons for that. He talks about... um, uh, the, the mental health issues that that that, that 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 mixed martial arts as a sport can can bring to you, you know, and, and so it was a really open, honest chat with with Brett Johns, and we're going to be backing him this Friday to win his Bellator debut, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a busy time in MMA. Yeah, and uh,
3: won't say too much, but we have a very big guest coming your way soon. It's all recorded. It's in the back pocket. We've banked it, and uh, oh Boy, are you in for a treat. We've gone big, haven't we, mate?
2: Oh, it's going to be great. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll see you next time. Bye.